How soon could we see Brooks Lee in a Twins uniform? Is Edward Julian part of the 2023 plans? How about Simeon Woods Richardson? Updates on some of the Twins' top prospects on this Prospect Friday coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, September 23rd. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're looking for NFL lines, odds, information, whatever you're looking for, head over to betonline.net. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Again, this is Nash Walker. been hosting this podcast on a daily basis for three seasons and been writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com for four seasons. Some interesting comments today from Derek Falvey confirming that Rocco Baldelli will return for the 2023 season, which we can assume means the front office will return. To be honest, I never thought this was in question. Rocco, no, because I've said for a year, you know, I, I think the first time I said this probably over a year ago, this is a boat that goes down together. These two are on the same ship, Falvey, Levy, especially Falvey and Baldelli. Those two are on the same ship. I do not see a scenario. And I think I said this in the winter. I do not see a scenario where Falvey's gone and Rocco stays. And I don't see a scenario, especially where Rocco is gone. And Falvey stays. I think they're on that boat together. And his quote today confirmed it. I want to get the exact quote from Derek Falvey before we get into some fun um, prospect stuff. Because this just came out pregame. The Twins are going to face the Angels tonight at Target Field. And every homestand you hear from Derek Falvey, essentially at the beginning of every homestand. Here's the quote on Rocco Baldelli. He's my partner in this all the way through. Rocco is a big part of our future, not just next season but beyond. So if that doesn't tell you they're on the same ship, I don't know what does. And, and it could be lip service, but it's a it's a vote of confidence that Baldelli will be back in 2023. We have a lot of time to get into that decision into Baldelli's year, into his tenure so far. We'll do that uh, shortly after the season. We'll have player grades. We'll have front office grades. We'll have a manager grade. And, and we'll get into all of those things. I thought that was interesting today from Derek Falvey. Also announcing that Byron Buxton is going to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery to clean up his knee. I think the biggest part of this, I mean, it's not a surprise. The biggest part of this is that it's a cleanup. It's a cleanup surgery. It's not a repair. There's nothing torn in Byron Buxton's knee that we know of or that an MRI would show. He's getting scar tissue cleaned up in his knee because he beat up that knee all year long. Should be ready to go for spring training. Uh, Much more, I'm sure, to come up on that as well for Byron Buxton. Today is Prospect Friday, and I know you're wondering when we could see the Twins' number one or first round pick, number eight overall pick, Brooks Lee from this year, who in his pro debut has been awesome. 31 games, hitting 303, 389 on base, slugging 451 for an OPS at 839. Already made his way up to double A. He's been playing for Wichita. They clinched the division last night. They'll play in the championship series starting Sunday night in Frisco. Super impressive. Striking out in 14% of his plate appearances as a pro and walking in 12%. He's a switch hitter. He can play short, and that's the biggest question. And with Brooks Lee, like a lot of Twins prospects and a lot of guys they favor and a lot of guys they draft, the biggest question is where are they going to end up? 
And this is one of their philosophies. I, I don't agree with plenty of things that they decide to do, not investing in bullpen, not giving out starting pitching contracts. Some of those things, I, I'd like to see them change. One thing I do like in their philosophy is the first question they ask when they draft somebody is, can they hit? Because if you can't hit, it doesn't matter what position you play unless you are, you know, Andrew Jones in center field, who was a great hitter as well. But if you're, unless you're Andrew Jones or prime Anderson Simmons or, you know, a generational defender, it doesn't matter because if you can't hit, you can't hit. And I like that. That's the first question they kind of ask. And then, you know, there is a balance like positionless guys. That's not ideal. You don't want a bunch of DHs on your roster. That becomes a problem. But someone like Brooks Lee makes a ton of sense. His biggest question is defense. Is he going to be able to stick at short? Is he going to play third? Is he going to play second? Is he going to be in the outfield? Where is he going to play? And that's been the question for a lot of Twins top prospects in recent seasons. Royce Lewis is one of them as well. As a right-handed hitter, he's eight for 21, two doubles. As a left-handed hitter, hitting 287, you know, four doubles, four homers, 374 on base, slugging 446, equally as good from both sides. In a small sample, I will admit, in his pro debut this year. Brooks Lee, I, I think Royce Lewis remains the Twins' top prospect in my mind until further notice, and that's more just me being stubborn and, and loving Royce and, like, loving what he has to offer and hoping that he can be healthy. Brooks Lee's close. I mean, Brooks Lee, if you look at MLB Pipeline, he's the Twins' top prospect. I believe Baseball America has him as the Twins' top prospect. If you look at baseball trade values, which is not perfect, but it's the only thing we have to kind of visualize values of players on a certain team or in an organization, Brooks Lee is listed as the Twins' most valuable trade chip on baseball trade values, which I think is very interesting. And it kind of shows. I mean, it shows how special of a talent he is and how the Twins stole him with the eighth pick. Arm Layton, who we've had on the show, my prospect analyst, the guy I turned to and ask, you know, about these prospects, he said that that was a steal. He couldn't believe Brooks Lee fell to the eighth pick. And it's because the Rangers drafted Kumar Rocker, the Cubs drafted some prep pitcher, college pitcher, it shook things up. And then Brooks Lee ended up falling to the Twins. And they they were ecstatic that Brooks Lee fell down to the eighth spot to them. So when are we going to see him? He's at double A already, man. He's already at double A. I think a uh, very, very high possibility, not high, but uh, it's, it's a possibility. It's a, it's very much a possibility that we see him play for the twins in 2023. He's already looked excellent in Wichita. Usually Wichita is a pit stop for a lot of prospects. You don't spend a ton of time in St. Paul. If you excel at Wichita, you, you go to St. Paul and you maybe stay there for a couple of weeks and then you come up to the big leagues and, I think Brooks Lee's going to be in that spot in 2023. I really do. And especially given the questions on the roster. If the Twins don't bring back Correa, if the Twins don't sign Xander Bogarts or Trey Turner or Dansby Swanson or any of the top free agents, and Royce Lewis is out till July, is it possible that Brooks Lee could be up as the Twins shortstop in, in May or June? I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, I wouldn't rule that out. Can he stick at short? Still a big question mark. Can he, can he play shortstop at the big league level? is a question mark, but his bat is going to play. He's a switch hitter. He's a great athlete, special player, special prospect. And I think, yes, I do. Right now, I'll predict that we will see Brooks Lee debut for the Twins in 2023. How about Brooks Lee's teammate, Edward Julian, who's had an incredible season at Wichita himself, still underrated, still under the radar. When will we see Edward Julian? Could we see him as soon as opening day 2023? 
Bet online. Bet online is the best. It's the number one source from football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts again. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Football's in full swing. If you want to bet on the Vikes, go bet on the Vikes. If you want to bet on somebody else, go bet on somebody else. I advise you bet on somebody else. But bet on anybody at betonline.net. College football, the NFL I mentioned, hockey's coming. The NBA, college basketball is on its way back, and you're going to want to go play. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head over to betonline.net on your mobile device or your desktop to get started. Edward Julian and Matt Walner are the two unquestioned, you know, best performing hitting prospects, position player prospects in the twin system this year. They traded their other two, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion, Strand. It would have been those four. Those four together were really excelling. The twins kept their two left-handed bats of those four. The two right-handed bats they shipped out. Encarnacion Strand, part of the package for Tyler Malley and then Spencer, or yes, both of them part of the package um, for Tyler Malley in that trade. So they ship both of those guys out. It left Julian and Walner and Julian on the season. I've tweeted about him quite a bit. I've talked about him quite a bit, 113 games. When we, when we talk about these prospects and we break down these prospects, I like to think of them as, are you a complete hitter? That's the question. Are you complete? Do you hit for average? Do you hit for power? Do you walk? How's the strikeout rate? You know, are you decent on the bases? That's how I think of a player offensively when I'm looking at a profile. Jose Miranda is a good example of this. He hit for average. He hit for power. He walked a little bit, and he didn't really strike out last year in the minors. And what we're seeing this year is, is an impact major league hitter. So that, that's kind of what I look at here. For Julian, did he hit for average? 113 games at AA, hit 300 on the dot in the regular season. 300. Did he get on base? Did he draw walks? On base percentage, 441. And then another, like, did he hit for power? Slugged 490. OPS 931. Incredible. 19 doubles, three triples, 17 homers. Walk rate. Does he walk? 19% walk rate. Strikeout rate, that's the one that you circle. 25% strikeout rate. That's reasonable, though. This is what we we break down all the time. With Walner, you know, 30 35%, that's too high. You don't want that. Julian's at 25%, which in the majors is probably 30 35%. He's cutting that down. It's been trending downward. Still something to watch for him. That's clearly the biggest hole is the swing and miss. Steals. Speed on the base pass. He's stolen less this year, but the last two years combined in the minors, 65 steal attempts, 53 steals for Edward Julian. So he can nab a bag. I mentioned he's left-handed defensively and the strikeout rate. Defensively, he's played second, only second base this year. In Wichita last year, he played third, played a little bit of left. He played second. He bounced all around last year. He's only played second in DH this year for Wichita. So I think the Twins view his long-term home as second base. And if that's the case, like, what do you do with Jorge Polanco? I'm not saying you uproot Jorge Polanco to make room for Edward Julian, but you do have these prospects. You have Lee and Julian and Walner and Larnick is not a prospect, but he's young and Kirloff, all these guys who need time and you have veterans in their spots. And with Kepler, with Polanco. And I love Polo. I think Polo is a, a crucial part of this team. I think he's the team's backbone in a lot of ways. 
He's been dinged up. He's been dinged up this year. His contract is still really team-friendly. I'll be interested to see if anything happens with him this offseason. I, I would be really surprised. But if that's Julian's you know, long-term home as second base, it's a question, you know, it pops up as a question. And, and I wonder about that. Could he play third in the majors? I don't know. You know, could he play left? He hasn't played those spots since last year. And maybe they do bounce him around at triple A next year, but he's only played at Wichita and he's really only played second base at Wichita this year. Defensively, the bat, I think he's going to play. I think the bat's going to play. I think he's going to draw walks. It's very, he's very similar to Walner um, in a lot of ways, the power. I think Walner probably has more raw pop and Julian, as much as Walner walked and got on base this year, Julian's probably going to hit for a higher average and draw more walks. And, and Walner's going to have more of that 30 to 40 home run power. But both of them are they are pretty similar. And they've had pretty similar seasons in the upper minors. I think Julian absolutely is part of this, this picture in 2023 as well. And I think many made the argument and the argument should have been made. And I should have brought this up more as he could have been an option for them this year at second base. And then you could have moved Nikki to the outfield and not played Gordon at second. And, and you have Julian there when Polo was out for as long as he was. That that could have been a possibility as well this year. So I definitely think next year um, is in the cards for Edward Julian. I'm I'm excited about him too. And, you know, trading Steering and Carnacion strain, it does increase the pressure on developing Walner and Julian because now they are clearly and with Brooks Lee, your your top three hitting prospects, and Royce Lewis is there too when he's healthy. But those are your top three because Austin Martin's had a dreadful year, a better September, but a dreadful year. So it's Julian, Walner, Lee, and, and you really want those three guys to become good major league players in the system. Simeon Woods Richardson is on the fast track to Minnesota. I can't stress enough how good of a year he's had. He's been excellent. 22 games, 21 starts over 100 innings pitch, which after last year is significant for him. He had a lower pitch count. The walk rate was ridiculous. The velo was down. And it's been almost a complete turnaround this year. ERA is 293 between double A and triple A, 27% strikeout rate, 8% walk rate for, for Simeon Woods Richardson. And on average, he's six years younger than his triple A competition. He'll be 22 in September. I'm April of 2000. I'm 22. He is younger than me. He's September of 2000. So he's not even 22 yet. And he's he's tearing it up at triple A. He's doing a great job pitching really well the strikeout numbers are there the walk numbers are down you look at at triple a this year since he's moved up nine over nine strikeouts per nine still he was 9.8 at wichita the strikeout rate on the year i mentioned is 27 percent simeon i think is overlooked and i think he's overlooked because many viewed austin martin as being the headliner in the jose barrios trade i don't think that's true anymore i think woods richardson is is clearly the front runner to be more impactful at the big league level. I really do. Cause he's had a great year. He's super young. He's projectable. He's big. He's strong. You know, his potential four pitch mix still needs to add some velocity. There's reliever risk there with him. The innings count it's low. I mean, just over a hundred, he's going to get a little bit over a hundred this year. And last year, I think he was at 50. He threw 53 and a third and he went to the Olympics. So his, his year got cut short. He had a 591 ERA though. His ERA this year is three runs lower at double A AA and triple A. It's been a turnaround. He's absolutely the comeback prospect of the year. If that was an award, I would give it to Simeon Woods Richardson. And he had COVID for a month and came back and has just pitched very well from, from that, that hiatus. Um, really special year for Simeon, special year for Edward Julian and a really good start for Brooks Lee. This system, I mean, rightly so it's, it's in the bottom half of the league, rightly so. It's not as deep. 
even at the top, there are question marks with Royce, there's with Brooks Lee, like positional question marks, but it's still a system that I think can produce really good major league players. And I, I also believe that it's a system that has the ammunition to make deals this offseason. Emmanuel Rodriguez is another guy, you know, is one of their highest upside players who got hurt towards meniscus this year, but was absolutely incredible at low end, 19 years old, doing what he did with the, the walk numbers and the power down there as an outfielder special. And they had some special performances this year. They had special performances last year. Some guys have done it again, like Julian, you know, like Spencer Steer, who they traded. They're going to have ammunition if they want to make some moves this offseason because Yes, the starting pitching free agent market has some guys. You know, Rodon would be great. Rodon would be awesome. DeGrom would be amazing. Verlander, we have to be realistic about the top of the line starters. And, and at the top, it's basically, you know, Verlander, DeGrom, Kershaw, Rodon. So it leaves you one option. Like Kershaw's going back to the Dodgers. Verlander's going back to Houston. These things feel inevitable. And DeGrom's probably going back to the Mets. So it leaves you with one guy at the top who's like a clear ace number one and it's Carlos Rodon and the twins have shown that they're not likely at all to land that guy. So we're, I think again, unfortunately we're going to be looking to the trade market for a number one starter. And what makes that so important is having a top of the system. That's, that's special. And even more important to that is continuing to develop bats, continuing to develop bats and arms where you have the ammunition to make trades and guys come up and help you at the major league level more than anything. They've had other guys. Marco Raya has had an awesome year. David Festa, obviously the 399th pick last year out of Seton Hall. What a year with velocity increases. They've had more than that. Jair Camargo hit two home runs last night uh, for the wind surge in that division clinching game. He came over in that Maeda deal as a catcher. They've had some other really nice performances this year. But I, I, I think I do see why this this group is in the 15 to 30 range. There's no question about it. Uh, but they, that it doesn't mean that they're short on guys who can impact the team as soon as 2023. I think Lee's in that boat. I think Julian's in that boat. I think Woods Richardson's in that boat. And then the other reason they're a little bit lower is because they've graduated a lot of prospects. Trevor Larnick, Alex Kirilov, Royce Lewis, Josh Winder. You know, now Louis Varland is going to graduate. They've graduated Jose Miranda. Others, they, they've graduated quite a few guys, Ober, Ryan, all these guys they've graduated in the last you know year and a half. That's going to that's gonna hurt a system, but that doesn't necessarily mean those guys aren't prospects anymore. For example, if Edward Julian was to make the opening day roster, which I don't think will happen, but if he was to make the opening day roster, he has the same amount of team control as Jose Miranda. They have six years of team control, but we view Miranda as not a prospect anymore because he graduated out of prospect status. He still has the same amount of team control because he didn't get a full year of service in 2022. So guys aren't prospects anymore, but they're young with six, sometimes six and a half, seven years of team control at the major league level. And we just don't view them as having prospect status, but they're basically a prospect. So Brooks Lee, absolutely. I think in the picture for 2023, Edward Julian, I think absolutely in the picture for 2023, Simeon Woods Richardson on a fast track, absolutely in the picture for 2023. I'm excited about all three of these guys. Can you put up numbers like this? It's uh, it's impressive. And I think Simeon, I don't want to put him above the other two we, we discussed today, but Simeon is that turnaround to me is exceptional. Like what a turnaround. And again, I think he is, he's the top, he, he is the headliner in the Barrios deal. And I'm going to remind you of Jose Barrios' numbers this year. I love Jose. I've always loved Jose. We'll always cheer for Jose. 
But on the season, he just signed that seven-year deal with Toronto. In his first year, he's made 30 starts. He's made 30 starts. 527 ERA. 527. He's given up the most hits and the most earned runs and the most home runs in the American League. Jose Barrios, as crazy as that sounds, he's got a 527 ERA, an ERA plus at 74. Dylan Bundy on the season, many less innings, you know, way less innings, but Barrios has a 527 ERA. Dylan Bundy has a 478 ERA. <laughs> Wins above replacement for Bundy this year at baseball reference, 0.0. Jose Barrios, negative 0.6. I think Jose will be fine, but maybe not. Maybe not. And maybe we'll look back. And Woods Richardson develops into a mid-rotation starter. And maybe Austin Martin develops. I'm less optimistic about him. But this is a potential chair we look back on and say, that was a good move at the time for the Twins not to extend Jose Brios because in the first year of that deal, it doesn't look good for him. Um, once again, I'll always cheer for Jose. I always loved him. He always gave it his all. I think he would have signed with the Twins if they would have given him a competitive offer, an offer that he took in Toronto. I, I would do that trade, though, knowing what we know now. Certainly. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'll make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. We'll be back with episodes next week, five days a week on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks again, and go Twins.